Changes in the air in Philadelphia as Chuck Fletcher is let go as GM. The wild card races are heating up. We've got all that plus our women's hockey spotlight and a lot more on today's Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I'm Gil Martin. You can find me on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. With me every Friday, Rachel Donner. You can find her on Twitter at RMiriam. And Rachel, uh, certainly an eventful Friday for you and Philadelphia Flyers fans everywhere. Change in the air at general manager. Were you surprised by this move and maybe more by the timing of it than by the move itself? Sure, yeah. Chuck Fletcher is out as Flyers GM and president. Uh, Danny Breer is now the interim GM for the time being. And uh, yeah, I think the timing is interesting just because, you know, we're a week past the trade deadline, which did not go well for the Flyers. Let's be clear, uh, weren't able to really make any move of significance. And um, following that trade deadline, there was a season ticket holder town hall meeting uh, which uh, luckily I have a special in on that and that my parents are season ticket holders and my mother attended it and uh, Chuck Fletcher got booed pretty significantly at that town hall. Uh, Danny Breer was there at it and, you know, spoke to some degree, which I thought was an interesting sign at the time. And I think ultimately it was, that there was a plan in place to to potentially do this uh, just maybe in the off season, like right when the regular season ended and they were going to move on from there. But I think the trade deadline, lack of activity, plus this town hall meeting had a lot to do with it. And, you know, that the fan reaction had reached a certain threshold where people were opting out of renewing season tickets at a, at a rate that just was no longer acceptable. And so they decided to make the move now. What do you think went wrong for Fletcher in Philadelphia? I mean, he's been there, what, four years? So what was the big failure here? Uh, I, I would say death by a thousand cuts. But I think the big part of it is that there's a lack of, you know, clear planning on his part with backup plans. I think he really understood fundamentally what was wrong with the team, where it needed to go, but his problem was executing on that. And, you know, I think that he maybe doesn't quite have the relationships around the league that he needed to in order to get it done. I think that, you know, he put a lot of eggs in certain baskets like the Ryan Ellis deal, which obviously not his fault that there was 
you know, a probably career ending injury there. It's not his fault that Cam Atkinson didn't play this season. You know, it's not his fault Sean Couturier didn't play this season either. But at the same time, I think there was just a lack of clear, like, adjustment to those and aggressive moves needed to mitigate those. He just was kind of in a sit-back mode in terms of, you know, recalibrating. And then I think the John Tortorella hire was a good hire for the wrong team. Like he did, the the team wasn't in a place where a coach like John Tortorella could be the most successful. And we've seen that, right? Tortorella has made a a moderate difference in the performance of the team between this year and last year, certainly have won more games and, uh, but, but not enough because the personnel aren't there. And John Tortorella would be the first person to say that out loud, that he's doing what he can, but, you know, he just doesn't have the tools to get where the team needs to go and who's you know, plate does that fall on? Chuck Fletcher. Now, the interesting part of it is that Chuck Fletcher was president and GM. And looking forward, based on what Dave Scott, who's the Comcast overlord for the Flyers at the moment, although that could change in the offseason as well, has suggested that there are more moves to be made. There's going to be a hockey ops restructuring. They are going to separate the president and GM role and not have a combined executive at that level. And so I, I really do think there's going to be more changes afoot. Danny Breer is going to put his uh, hat in the ring for the GM position. He's got a short audition window here, but there likely, in my opinion, will be other candidates considered either for that role or the president role. And we'll, you know, we'll see where that all plays out in the off season. But in the meantime, there's a short runway leading up to the draft and free agency to get all of that done and get ducks in a row. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see how Briere handles that. Do you, what do you think his, I mean, yes, it's a short window, but what differences will we see from Briere as compared to Fletcher? Yeah, I think it's going to be in that working relationship with Torts. We'll see something different. I, I think we could see a different communication style with the public. Uh, from Danny Briere, I think that's one of the things Chuck Fletcher, you know, really only went out there uh, when specifically asked to do so. And there was, uh, you know, enough outcry that he would have a, a presser or something. And they were at designated times. He didn't speak beyond that, really, to the public or the media as much as I think Danny Briere could. That could be a change. Um, and I, I also think, you know, Danny Breer has a, a different approach and he's been quote unquote in training for this job for a little while now. You know, he's been deep into scouting with the organization, uh, making lots of trips. He did run an ACHL team, so he knows the business side uh, of things to some degree. And, you know, he's been working really hard on learning the ins and outs and building those relationships. And, you know, this is a short window for him to to show what he can do. I think there's also some ELCs coming up, right? It's that time of year. So we'll see how those go and, and what players he chooses to to sign. Uh, there's a couple that we're, we're about to lose the rights on. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, short window, lots going on. Be interesting to see. And obviously check out Locked On Flyers for all the current information on what's going on in Philadelphia Interesting game last night. The Dallas Stars, 10 goals 
uh, in their victory over the Buffalo Sabres and uh, kind of significant for both teams. Yeah, I mean, it shows that Dallas is is really in this and they are going to keep their foot on the gas no matter what, right? That, you know, th they're looking ahead to the playoffs where they can't let up no matter what the situation is. Meanwhile, uh, Buffalo fading right now. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It's really unfortunate. I think there was a, a chance there for a, a while, but you know, if you really look at those wild card standings, they're they have been fading fast. They've lost three in a row. And meanwhile, you have Ottawa, which is doing everything in their power to try and uh, you know have a shot at making the playoffs here. And you know, Florida tied in points. Both of them have won recently. And, uh, you know, Islanders just trying to keep pace there. Right. So it's a it's an interesting and will be, I think, a tougher battle in the East for those wild card spots. I think the teams in the top positions are, for the most part, locked in. And, and then, you know, in the West, the wild card, it, it seems like maybe there's three teams going for that last wild card spot. Yeah, I think, you know, it's definitely less interesting of a race out West. Uh, but, you know, we do have, I think, you know, an interesting battle going on between the Oilers and the Kraken for that third top spot in the Pacific right now. Um, Seattle currently has one game in hand uh, and they're tied with 80 points. So the only thing that I can potentially see happening is maybe Calgary gets it together and leapfrogs Winnipeg for one of the wild card spots. But uh, I, I think they're more likely to be stable in the Western Conference playoff run right now. Yeah, it looks like the East is where the there's more teams battling for only the two spots out West. Like I said, uh, maybe three teams going for that second wild card spot. But the races are interesting, and we are now in the home stretch. We have got a lot to discuss on today's show. We will have our women's hockey spotlight with Erica Ayala, and we'll also look ahead to this weekend's games. But first, Rachel, why don't you tell us a little bit more about FanDuel? Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. You know, I may be a little biased here, but I'm going to say bet on the Philadelphia 76ers. I think uh, they're, they're a good team to follow heading into the NBA playoffs this year. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
All right, time now for our women's hockey spotlight, which we do every other week here on the Lockdown NHL podcast. Here is Erica Ayala. Hey, women's hockey fans. Welcome to another women's hockey spotlight. I am so thrilled to bring to you my conversation with Liz Knox. Now, Liz Knox, or Noxie as you'll hear me call her, was a goalie for the CWHL, won a championship with the Markham Thunder, was a captain at the last ever CWHL All-Star Weekend, where we met, we'll we'll hit on that, and since has been a pioneer for unionizing women's professional hockey. We're going to talk about her journey from player to now analyst and broadcaster and podcaster. We're going to talk about the upcoming PWHPA championships in California and get some predictions as well as what's going on with the PWHPA league and them unionizing potentially by next fall. All that coming up on this edition of the Locked On NHL Women's Hockey Spotlight. Noxie, I am so happy to have you on. This is our Women's Hockey Spotlight as part of Locked On NHL, but we go way back to like the CWHL All-Star yeah. in Toronto. I think maybe the last ever. That's That was a long time ago. How you it, been? <laughs> it feels like it was a decade ago now, but I'm, I'm happy to be here and great to see your lovely face again, as always, Erica. Oh, thank you. Thank you much. Well, we wanted to have you on because I know that you've been carrying the banner for the PWHPA for some years. And even before then, as I mentioned, the CWHL, that's when we first got acquainted, wanting to know everything that you were doing to really push women's hockey forward. And so we're just going to get into it. We're going <laughs> to start with the, the most burning questions, which of course is there have been reports that the PWHPA is not only leaning towards a new league to start in the fall, but the I, what I, of course, am really curious and, again, picks up from where we started our uh, hockey, you know, acquaintance and friendship is what's going on with a, a union. That's what I'm hearing, <laughs> that the players are going to have a voice here. So what can you tell us about that and, and what to expect come the fall? Yeah, like as you alluded to, when the CWHL folded, kind of one of the things we really recognized was that the players lacked the bargaining power that we needed to have a say in you know, what the league looked like and the decisions that it made. And that all kind of stemmed from when they added teams in China and the players basically had no choice. And we all have day jobs. So we're now we're taking vacation to go play hockey, which is awesome. It's a great opportunity. Don't get me wrong. But it kind of sparked this idea that we need a little bit more of a voice in our league. And so the traditional way to do that is to unionize and have the two parties, you know, the league and the union come to an agreement. And that has kind of been something that we've been working towards for the last four years. Of course, as I've learned, and as I'm sure all women's hockey fans learn, these things take a lot of time and um, people who make a lot more money than I do to make it happen. But we've been very, very fortunate to surround ourselves with some great people. And I think that will be our reality in the very near future. Okay, uh, so uh, sounds like still in in the process, as you said, been a long time coming. But uh, are there any 
things, broad strokes or whatever you're you're willing to to share that you're really excited about that you think are maybe what you envisioned back when you were still trying to do this with the CWHL, which is now for you uh, two leagues ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think broad strokes, it's just empowering the players and, um, you know, creating something that has longevity to it in the sense that we know what the next set of years, you know, as we talk about contract negotiation and collective bargaining agreements, I mean, this gives a real good picture of what's going to happen. And that's something that we've lacked, um, you know, at least from my experience in women's hockey, that we're, you're just kind of unsure and, and things can change at the drop of a hat, it seems, and money comes in and money comes out. And it just gives a, a little bit more sense of stability to us. So it's a really exciting time. And then, like I said, a lot of people have been working really hard to put this together. All right. I'm not going to grill you too much here, but we're going to definitely, like I said, uh, off air, this is your first time on Locked on NHL. We're just going to have to have you back as things develop and, and you can share a little bit more of the behind the scenes and the process. But let's get to the here and now. So last weekend, as we are chatting, you were able to be a part of the broadcast team that brought the PWHPA showcase in Washington, D.C. to the airwaves, to the broadcast. Uh, first of all, I love that. Uh, as someone who is, you know, seeing the product as far as the broadcast really increase when it comes to professional women's hockey. I love that. And having former players is always an amazing thing. You've been doing this now uh, here and there with the PWHPA for a little bit, but, um, you know, DC took pretty good care of the PWHPA looks like and NBC Sports, I believe, was involved. So tell us about that experience and, and what you like about uh, transferring your hockey skills from the ice as a goalie to now up in the booth. Yeah, it's it's a whole new world. Like I just and the production team was fantastic in DC. I think it speaks volumes to what, you know, putting the proper resources in place can do because it's how the game is consumed from for the people sitting at home and as well as the people in the arena. You know, we had the benefit of a video goal review this weekend, which we'll have in championship weekend as well. Something that sometimes we get and sometimes we don't just depending on um, you know, the technology in place, but uh, NBC brought us nine cameras, so you're getting lots of looks at different angles, getting close up of plays and players and replay, and it's so much goes into it. And uh, I'll be frank with you, as somebody who's new to this side of the mic, <laughs> there's so many code names for things, <laughs> and I'm just true. sitting there looking around like, I don't know what that means, but I'll just roll with it. Like just names of it. cameras, names of <laughs> microphones, names of looks. I'm just like looking at Kenzie Ladon, who is my co-host or she was our play-by-play and I'm just like looking at her like are we good <laughs> I don't know what's happening but no like I said just a testament to the production team that was there because I think they made me sound okay <laughs> I'm sure you were more than okay I, I didn't catch up with it yet uh, but yes I totally understand like thing I had to learn a lot of that stuff on the fly so to speak as well like what is pre-pro oh you want us to pre-record just can we not just say that is that yeah <laughs> right <laughs> But it's been fun. You know, it is cool because I think the unique part about being a goaltender is I've been like an observer of the game my whole life and without really having, you know, the tools or the ability to be in the play making a change until it's, you know, a shot on net. Right. So you really get a sense of like how plays develop, what players do away from the puck. And that's kind of the perspective that I, I try to bring to the broadcast is as well as fun facts and where athletes went to school and all that good stuff, the good stories. But I just try to give it how I see the game. And 
um, I think it adds some value to it and I'm having fun doing it. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, I, I've noticed that the setup has elevated since last we spoke. Uh, you know, we're going to get to the podcast that you have as part of the Steve Dangle Podcast Network. But before we do that, let's get to also what we have coming up for the PWHPA. And that, of course, is Champions Weekend, Championship Weekend. Now, it's going to be in uh, California, but you have a few different stops. So between the Anaheim Ducks, the LA Kings, and uh, I don't know if you can see back here, but, you know, I'm, I'm a, I, I keep up with the Seattle Kraken. So we've got the Coachella Valley Firebirds also involved, which I'm super stoked about. I'm so bummed I can't make it out to California Aww. for that. I know, like, the timing is just a little tough with, with my uh, women's hockey engagements. But uh, we are going to see uh, championships weekend. So there will be a champion crowned as of right now. I mean, team Harvey's has really been just knocking it out of the park. Uh, team Adidas right there behind them, Scotiabank and Sonnet. They, they got all work to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're getting there. They're getting there. But given what you saw in Washington and what we can expect in, uh, in uh, California, do you have any uh, predictions? Who do you think is going to take it all or maybe some players to watch? Well, I mean, Harvey's is the safe bet because they have been a powerhouse, but they've shown some cracks in the armor the last couple tour stops. So they're not perfect. So I, I think they could they can be taken down. It just takes a perfect game on the other side of the ice. Obviously, they have Marie-Philippe Poulin and Anne-Renée Debian in that. So they've got strong offense, strong goaltending, and strong in the in between, honestly. But I, I, you know what? I, I'm like, I love the underdog story. And mm -hmm. Team Sonnet has so many good pieces. They have a lot of fun in the locker room. They're a good cultured team. And I think they might be looking to upset that number one seed. So they've got Hillary Knight, <laughs> Hannah Brandt, uh, Nicole Hensley in that. Uh, again, like fantastic names, fantastic players. That's going to be our first game, number one versus number four. And then Adidas, Adidas Scotiabank, these are the two teams that like, I, I feel like they've just been battling all season long and it's yep. whose game is going to be. And interestingly enough, most of their games have been somewhat lopsided, mm. but the season series is four two for Adidas. So again, that game can go either way. It's going to be some great hockey. Um, the losers of the, the initial games will play on Saturday in hosted by the LA Kings, as you mentioned. And then of course the finals will be the winners decided in Palm Desert and I cannot wait. It's going to be an <laughs> epic show. Oh yeah, it's going to be awesome. Akersure, uh new barn. So uh, it's going to be a good time and uh, I believe we'll have a, a friend of the pod out there. Uh, JD probably might be helping out there. He's, or at least he is the, uh, he's the PA for Coachella Valley. So I'm sure he'll be around helping out if, if not. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, just, just good people all around. So again, bummed I can't get out there, but and welcome back to the Locked On NHL podcast. A busy weekend of action coming up, Rachel, but not a lot of games tonight. Friday night, a pretty quiet night. Your thoughts on the two games on the schedule for Friday evening? Yeah, as we were talking about in the first segment, uh, Florida and Calgary are two teams which are looking to try and move up a little bit toward those wild card positions and they're both playing tonight we've got uh, florida hosting the chicago blackhawks and calgary hosting the anaheim ducks which in theory should be probable wins for both of those teams so i think that's really you know the thing to keep an eye on tonight saturday as usual a very busy day as uh, 15 games are scheduled 
And some of the matinees have playoff implications. You know, we talked about the wild card in the East in Detroit, certainly still trying to, to get their way in. And they have a tough task going into Boston uh, on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, Boston continues to be an absolute juggernaut here. Uh, you know, they did lose one the other night. So a, a, a rare moment for the Bruins. But yeah, I really think Detroit is, is not in it. Obviously, they were sellers at the trade deadline, which is a, a big indicator. You know, obviously, I am more interested in the first game in the post-Chuck Fletcher era yeah. for the Flyers. Uh, they'll be in Pittsburgh. That's a, a hell of a first game for Danny Briere to attend as uh, interim GM. But uh, I, I think that there's some wiggle room here. The, the Penguins, I think, have been uh, the kings of the loser point this season. Yeah. And so there's some opportunity there, you know, as uh, the trend would be for the Flyers to at least get a point out of this one, which if you're hoping for Connor Bedard is not a good thing. No, I, I guess not. But look, you know, it is also good to get uh, the new GM or interim GM started with a rivalry game. And this is almost as big of a rivalry as you could have. Five o'clock Eastern time start the Rangers and the Sabres. Buffalo's got to right the ship soon or they're going to be out of contention for a wild card as well. Yeah, and you got to think they'd, they'd want to win this game at home. There's a bit of a rivalry there with the, you know, across the state. And I know Sabres fans do not like losing at home to a team like the Rangers. So it's going to be a big indicator if the fans think that, you know, the team, while they may be struggling a little bit or at least headed in the right direction. At 7 o'clock, a good East versus West matchup. The Vegas Golden Knights in Carolina to take on the Canes. Yeah, this is going to be a huge one. Uh, you know, the Flyers just played Carolina, and I think they're they're a top team, you know, no doubt. They're so strong defensively, really good at shot suppression. So how is that going to match up against Vegas? I wonder who's going to be a net for Vegas. Honestly, is, is Jonathan Quick going to get that start just to see how he can play against one of these top teams in the East uh, as sort of a, a canary in the coal mine, so to speak for the, for the playoff run that Vegas might put together. And uh, I think that is going to be probably the most fun game to watch of the evening. Should be a good one. Uh, another seven o'clock start Edmonton in Toronto two Canadian based teams with big playoff aspirations. Yeah, Edmonton obviously is trying to keep pace with Seattle, like we talked about earlier. And so this is going to be a huge one for them. And going into Toronto to do it is always uh, an uphill climb. And then the Florida Panthers have a back-to-back -back hosting the Winnipeg Jets. Again, two teams battling for playoff position. And, you know, Winnipeg, they've got to keep pace if they uh, hope to hold on to their playoff hopes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we've got the Caps at your Islanders, Dill. Yeah, Islanders, you know, they, the Islanders had a stretch of four games against teams they were battling for wildcard spots with. Uh, it, it was a, a big challenge. They've won the first three games. The Capitals kind of falling back now and being sellers at the deadline. Islanders have to keep winning because other teams have those games in hand. 
How about Dallas and Seattle for mm-hmm. one of the late games? That is going to be a game with a lot of playoff implications out West. Yeah, especially with Edmonton and Seattle playing at the same time. I think, you know, that is obviously going to maybe flip-flop things in the standings based on how the weekend goes. Who knows? But, yeah, I think that's that's the other big one. And, you know, Dallas you know, coming off that big win, scoring all those goals, can they keep it up against a, a team that has a very different defensive structure to them in, in I- Seattle? Yeah, and then Nashville, L.A., and a 10.30 Eastern time start. I don't know if the Kings get enough respect these days. You know, I, I can see that. It's uh, it's fair. You know, the Kings have been more quietly playing really great hockey. They've won five games in a row here and are, you know, currently tied with Vegas for that top spot in the Pacific. Uh you know, we could end up seeing an L.A. Kings Pacific Division win by the end of the season. Yeah, should be interesting. Now, eight games on tap for Sunday, including some big matchups in the Metropolitan Division, Rangers and Penguins. And, you know, the the Rangers kind of slumping a little bit lately. They, if they keep struggling may end up more in the wild card conversation and that's not something a lot of people expected yeah and uh you know with the pens coming off uh the back-to-back and both teams really it's a it's a back-to-back for them uh i i think this is going to be a slugfest honestly <laughs> between these these two teams it's going to get real physical and um I am looking forward to that one and just basking in it, honestly. Should be a very entertaining game. Carolina and New Jersey also going Mm -hmm. at it. Battle of the top two teams in the division and not a lot of points separating them. I don't know if enough people really believe the Devils are for real. All they do, though, is keep on winning. Yeah, I I mean, I think the Devils are for real in terms of the regular season. I think their lack of playoff experience, you know, that may change an assessment of them going into the playoffs where Carolina has had a number of years in a row with a a playoff run. And they certainly have the personnel that are more experienced in this. So I think, you know, it's going to be a real different kind of game for the devils between the regular season and the playoffs. And I think this could be a chance for them to kind of switch gears a little bit and move toward a playoff style of hockey. And that's what I'm looking for in this game. Yeah, that's a good observation. And and we will see how the devils adjust or even if the devils adjust as we get closer to the postseason. I love this matchup East versus West Winnipeg in Tampa Bay uh, you know, the both teams need the points and the bolts. I, I don't know. They, they seem to be cooling off a little bit lately. Yeah. Again, I got to see them pretty recently as the flyers played them and, you know, they played well, but not, you know, as decisively, I would say, as I've seen them in the past. And usually this is when Tampa kind of kicks into gear and whatever bumps in the road may have happened in the season, they get into playoff mode and start playing more consistently. And that has not happened this year for them. 
And so, especially against a more hungry team like the Winnipeg Jets, who really are trying to seek some respect around this league, let's be real. They've been projected to maybe make the playoff for a number of years and then just had, you know, some unsuccessful outcomes, I think, and unsatisfactory outcomes from the fan base. And uh, I think if they could topple the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, th- that would go a long way to give them the confidence into the remainder of the season. And then one last game I wanted to touch on, 9 o'clock Eastern time start, two teams in the wild card hunt in their respective conferences, Ottawa in Calgary. Yeah, again, this is uh, those two teams which are kind of on the hunt for getting some additional points to maybe scratch their way into the playoffs. And um, I really think the energy in Ottawa right now is unmatched. I I just think, you know, the fan base is energized. The team is energized. Um, You see, you know, guys screaming at each other on the bench in a positive, like, uh, you know, supportive way. And it's been a lot of fun to watch, actually. You know, I, I have to say Claude Giroux looks like he's in his element there right now and really, you know, taking a lot of the leadership and scoring on his shoulders and uh, I, I will definitely be watching this one. Yeah, should be a great weekend of hockey. And of course, uh, here at Locked On NHL, we'll have it all covered for you. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. I will be back on Monday with three of our local experts from around the league talking about the biggest stories in the NHL. She's Rachel Donner. You can find her on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm Gil Martin. You can find me at Ice Wars NYR VSNYI. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe. And thanks for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast.